Welcome to a Muslim and a Jew unlearning. Long time okay. no talk. Long time no talk on the podcast. I talk to you every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Um, what are we talking about today? Indigenous knowledge, indigenous knowledge systems, and more specifically, indigenous medicine and approaches to various uh issues i guess Mm -hmm. um and essentially just like medicine today right what we see as medicine you know how long has medicine even been going on yeah what is real medicine is it real medicine what is this eastern versus western approaches to medicine Mm -hmm. modern versus or modern versus yes historical you know all of those things so so basically Indigenous knowledge, indigenous medicine, um, traditional knowledge, like falls under the category, the uh, umbrella term indigenous knowledge systems, which thanks to my um, the TOK, theory of knowledge, have we ever talked about it on the podcast, whatever, um, class, I can define for you, which is local or and or community based um Systems of knowledge that provide sociocultural information that are necessary for communities um, to survive and flourish uh, within a local environment, geographical and cultural contexts. Uh, Indigenous knowledge systems facilitate both communication and decision making within a community. Um, They're systems that have been developed uh, over centuries and passed down through generations orally and in other ways. they have to do with understanding skills and philosophies developed by uh, indigenous societies with, I love this part, histories, long histories of meaningful interactions with their natural surroundings. That's a very not Western modern approach to anything. Um, and often ad- indigenous approaches to various things like climate change or the environment in general, uh, eating meat medicine tend to have to be more ethically correct (laughs) and everyone defines ethic ethics differently but whatever um so yeah that's our topic for today yes and it's important that we talk about these things um because we need to understand that like every culture and community and history today has something to offer we need mm-hmm. to give credit where it's due so that we can not only value those cultures but ensure that these cultures survive that they're empowered that they're not um discriminated against because they do provide a lot of value to this world like we all mm-hmm. you know benefit from uh indigenous knowledge yeah that's exactly what i was about to highlight that not only is it appreciating and valuing indigenous culture but it's also everyone benefits from from their unique knowledge mm-hmm. So I think it'd be good to like start off like what are some, you know, things or where does it originate from or what, how does this go back? And it goes back to the first, um, actually it goes back to the Paleolithic era. You mentioned that. Julia, what is something yeah. that we use today from the Paleolithic era? Um, everyone knows I love my gua sha. I gua sha every night with uh, face oil and it's a super trendy thing right now. Like ice rollers, cave rollers, gua sha's. Um, for me, it's, I mean, it's how I like put on my face oil and I, you get benefits from different face oils. Um, 
it sculpts your face. It's it's a type of facial manipulation. It's also it is good. For it's good for inflammation. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. inflammation, lymphatic drainage, um, re- relieving tension, like headaches. It's good for blood circulation. And it can even improve fine lines and wrinkles in your face, which is why like, I love it and why a lot of people um, have kind of bought into it. But yeah, like you said, that the origins of the gua sha literally are from the Paleolithic era. Um, they come from, and it comes from traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, it was used to alle- alleviate muscle soreness, like I said, pain and even actual illnesses, um, increase the blood flow in your face. Um, and also it can be used on your body, like... So basically, it's just interesting and funny because it's such a trendy thing right now. Like my morning routine, like and gua sha and like influencers, whatever, Instagram. And it's a legitimate example of indigenous knowledge. Um, and it has like real benefits. It's it, it, I guess it falls under, you know, what we call like woo woo wellness. But like it is actually good for you and, and um, has health benefits. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. So definitely, I would say um, that's something that we can all like relate to, um, especially those of us who are following these trends um, in terms of when it comes. I don't want to say trends because it's been happening for, you know, uh, a really, really long time. It's Um, a trend for us, mm -hmm. but it's not an actual trend. It's exactly. And I think it's important to recognize in this situation, like, okay, we've been doing this for thousands of years. Plus, like it comes from like the Paleolithic era within like China. So, like, there are lots of Chinese businesses that do sell the guashes, and there's lots of businesses who just don't know what the guasha really comes from or is, and people are buying it from. So, use the guasha, know where it comes yeah. from, and support small Chinese businesses who, you know, have been doing this practice for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Totally. Um, and it's also just kind of humbling because we think of ourselves as so, like, advanced and modern and developed and ahead of other cultures, but, like, we're taking something from a long time ago so it's just like an interesting aspect of you know self-care to kind of acknowledge mm-hmm. and, and like it goes from yes Paleolithic era and then the earliest records of herbs which are written on clay tablets and cuneiform and cuneiform is the first ever form of writing um and that was in mesopotamia and then the best uh known egyptian pharmaceutical record is the ebers papyrus and papyrus is like one of the first forms of like paper and it was documented some 700 herbal medicines mostly from plants with dosage forms including gargles snuffs poultices infusions pills and ointments and vehicles using beer milk wine and honey um so So that's like the origin of basically medicine Mm -hmm. exactly and the first drugstores established uh were in the arab world specifically in baghdad in 754 CE. Um, so we've all been just trying so, to do some time. Like, literally, this is around the world. If you love CVS like me, thank you, Baghdad. <laughs> Think about Arabs. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and some other, I'm, I'm bouncing around now, but I just saw because we were talking about China. Acupuncture comes from China. I think people know that acupuncture is like an ancient practice, but definitely something people are super into right now. Um, and then, okay, wait, this was interesting. I was listening to a podcast, haha, um, and the Skinny Confidential, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And they had this woman on, I forget her name now. I just followed her on Instagram. She's super into wellness, whatever. Um, and she was talking about 
basically Ayurveda, I think is how you say it, or Ayurvedic practices or alternative medicine systems from India. And she was giving an example, which it's called Kichari, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Or, or Kichari. No, no, Kichari, I think is how you say it. And it's basically this like type of kind of soup stew, like mix of certain like herbs and and uh, like legumes and grains that like you're specifically supposed to eat like when you're postpartum. And like, I, it was so interesting because it's helpful in like not only like managing your weight when you're postpartum, but also I think like um, because a lot of people get depressed and stuff and like, like are struggle, struggle emotionally, not just physically after they give birth. Um, and very recently, I think people started to talk about that like openly and, in the Western world, I mean, that's definitely like was taboo until very recently. And um, that's a great example of like an ancient kind of remedy for uh, that time period in people's uh, lives. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, and I think it's like with this, it kind of prompts us to ask, like, why are why do we need pharmaceutical companies and like what are all these other medicines like all these chemicals and we could be just doing this like all the time like where did these practices go um and i think it's uh, a few things uh one i mean i think prejudice and racism is why we don't we tend to like not look to other cultures to you know um input into the research we do here like here academia especially I think academia in general around the world, especially in the United States, is very, you know, from the perspective of the white male. Um, also, it's, language. It's yes. most any institution, academic institution around the world reads as English. It's mm-hmm. rare that we, like, it's just the most commonly used language in, in academia. And that narrows the diversity of authors and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when we talk about like evidence versus no evidence, like we need to consider why there isn't evidence. Maybe it's not because there's no evidence, but because we haven't put in the resources or the care to actually seek and to see what is going on. Like, how can we actually benefit? Also, how do you define evidence? Because th- there is evidence of, of indigenous medicine and knowledge like yeah. working, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of research on it. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Relatively speaking, there is some. So like exactly another example turmeric like everyone knows that turmeric is really good for you it's amazing for inflammation um but it's been used by indigenous people forever like and we like also, you said rely on drugs instead of like these herbs that literally like yeah do the same like thing like we take a leave instead of like making something with turmeric in it <laughs> and that's i'm really happy you brought up the turmeric example because it's sometimes about like how we use it sometimes we're using it incorrectly like sometimes we'll see a fad like yeah like (laughs) turmeric lattes at starbucks okay first of all turmeric very very healthy for you however you need to be consuming a lot of it to reap the benefits yeah yeah you have it in a latte or one pill it's not gonna really do much yeah it's gotta be on a regular basis we can't just discount turmeric because it doesn't work No, no 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 maybe you're not using it correctly so like those things are important because there are specific ways to use these things. You can't just consume it and expect the benefits. Like they, these are things and practices have been cultivated over thousands of years. There's a specific way to do them. And sometimes we just don't care enough to actually look into how, which is why we just like, Oh, there's no evidence. And like, I, I also think part of that is patience. Indigenous knowledge is, is, is patient in like, it's innate, like the way that it exists involves a lot of patients like there's more of a focus on preventative medicine preventative practices to protect the environment 
um, preventative measures to make sure we're not over hunting or over um, over farming isn't a word, but you know what I mean? Like killing exactly. the land. Like these and, cultures were there. They didn't make these things go extinct. Yeah. And, in, and it's, it's more Western to respond to problems that we've created or let happen. Indigenous and traditional knowledge is more um, proactive. So like eating and drinking and living a lifestyle that keeps you healthy instead of developing medicine to uh, treat illnesses that we've created by, by, because of our lifestyles. Exactly. And I, I like the, I want to like just elevate one part you mentioned, just like, cause how, you know, um, not only like, does it require a lot of patience, but like how it, the, you know, taking of the these herbal remedies also has to do a lot with like how much value indigenous cultures especially um like indigenous cultures in the americas have um valued their communities like the community local environment and the and caring about the geographical and cultural context that they're in like they care about their environment they understand like this environment that we're in we're taking these medicines because this is like our environment taking care of us. So yeah, we're going to take, we care, take of care of our environment. environment. Totally. But then from like the modern Western day perspective, what are we doing to our environment? We're taking it like, yeah, we understand that it benefits us, but we're not trying to find a way to like, you know, say thank you to it. We're just taking, taking, we taking, taking, taking. And that's not all indigenous cultures all just understood the value of, you know, the environment, how we need to protect it. And yeah. that's what we're missing now. We have lost that. So another example of indigenous knowledge that that made me think of is the is nrm which stands for natural resource management um which is a focus on the impact on our quality of life uh on uh on the environment and then what that what our impact on the environment has on current and future generations i don't know if that made sense but no it did um basically the idea that like we should be living in a sustainable way and sustainable is such like a hot button word right now but like for thousands and thousands of years indigenous people have been have been cultivating sustainable practices and lifestyles and and we didn't listen and I don't even like, I don't mean it to be like accusatory, but like we didn't appreciate value or, or practice that ourselves in the Western and modern world. And, and now, I mean, some people don't care or think it's a problem, but now a lot of people are like, how are we going to undo all the damage we've done? Like, what are we going to do about climate change? But really if, if we just started to value more sustainable practices and approaches, we wouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And of course, I mean, in these situations, you have to call out the fact that like, you know, greed is there, that people are more concerned about the short term and not the long term, that people want instant gratification. And speaking of that instant gratification, like a lot of times with this medicine, herbal remedies, like, you know, people want that instant gratification. Sometimes with that, again, it takes time, like turmeric, that takes time. Like we ourselves, like we have to think about how our impatience is preventing like a lot of this progress and this need for instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And like, you can even tie into the fact how like we really are an impatient society. Like we can't even watch a video that's more than two minutes anymore. Like that's too long now. Like everything needs to be in compact, small information. So it's, we have to consider how that alone is, you know, harming, you know, the way that we, you know, um, look at indigenous knowledge and look at, you know, um, different alternative types of like, medicine because you know you look at things like 
the pharmaceutical companies who are making you take Ambien, a sleeping pill, when it's like another remedy can help you with like sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. that's less addictive, that's less harmful for your body, you know, so like that instant gratification is harming us. Yeah. And it's not to say like, I take Advil, like, I don't think that we should like immediately, like, to each their own. Like, if my head Mm -hmm. hurts, like, that's horrible. I hate that. Like, I'm going to take an Advil. But I I do try to, like, figure out where my headaches are coming from. Are they because I'm dehydrated or because they ate too much sugar? And try to, like, prevent them. Mm -hmm. I also have, like, obviously, you know I would do this. Like, this company, Helma, like, they make this, like, herbal remedy for headaches. And I do take take it sometimes when it's not, like, an insane headache or if I haven't waited too long to take something. Um, But, like, we're just – I don't think – very good at listening to our bodies and being in tune with them so we get to points where we're desperate for like the fast fix um when if we just took better care of ourselves and like we said the environment we don't get to such dramatic situations where we need drastic measures to be taken for our health and that's Mm -hmm. not always true like i mean there are definitely cancer happen and yeah occurs more because of our lifestyle but obviously I'm not saying like you can prevent everything and we shouldn't like like we were talking about before we started recording you need a balance of both mm-hmm. exactly and I think that's where like kind of it's a good segue for like the next thing like the balance of both like there's a lot of times where um like like uh, uh alternative message uh, medicine is challenged um by mainstream medicine because of the lack of scientific evidence in context with contemporary medicine, despite its long history of effective use. But in response to like arguments like this, um, like one uh, Harvard researcher named uh, Ted Kapchuk, uh, where he studies like the impact of like placebos, for example, um, mm-hmm. says that, well, like, uh, like, for example, like one of the things that uh, reasons why people don't like alternative medicine is because, oh, it's because there's like a placebo, like it's, it's actually really a placebo effect. Mm-hmm. But he this researcher notes that mainstream medicine also uses placebo effects all the time. Um, and so he said, uh, he basically concluded that like 80 85% of new prescription drugs hitting the market are also of little to no benefit or um, of patients. So essentially like the thing is that we need, one of the issues with that is because again, like we still need a holistic approach. Like practitioners do not spend enough time with their patients to understand like what's actually going on with um, their patients and there might be other possible remedies like for example maybe a prescription drug will be the only remedy but sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe alternative medicine will be the other remedy and some people are understanding that now like um, they did do a survey like somewhere in 2007 where like about 40 percent of adults um, like are starting to use like you know alternative medicine and that's in 2007 and I pretty sure it's much higher now definitely um, like much higher and so like and then also we need to focus on um on more like you were mentioning like preventative care you yeah. know like we need to put more into that so i think it's like it's not one or the other it's like mm-hmm. we need both and the whole point okay. is like we need to look to other cultures and value other cultures and see all right what are they doing right because it's not everything is not just western everything is not just like the western perspective like we have the reason why we as a West, like the West, you know, has, you know, is perceived as like more developed is because we took what other cultures took for like were creating and basically like, you know, got onto it like a bit faster. Like the fact that Britain was the first country to industrialize, like they industrialized because they took the inventions that were happening within the Middle East 
and were able to create machines like the rotary machine, like that comes from the Islamic golden age. Um, and that rotary is used in, you know, factories and in the and steam engine and all that stuff. Mm. And so like that, so we have to understand, like we were able to develop as fast as we did is because of what the contributions of other societies and other cultures. And so what more can we get? What more how can we benefit? How can we benefit each other? Like that's what we have to think of. Like how can we benefit each other? And I don't want this to be about what else can we take? Like, clearly, we need to be working more in depth with others to, you know, be better. Collaborating. We should collaborate. collaborating. And I want to come back to that. But that, that made me think of something um, like a, a personal anecdote, if okay. you will. I went to basically, I like, I don't know, I've never really had skin problems like besides I don't know like in middle school like when your skin's kind of bad because I don't know puberty (laughs) but like it was like nothing crazy like um I like don't really go to a dermatologist that often which is bad but like because I I don't know whatever I don't really have that many issues which again like why am I waiting for issues to happen to go to a dermatologist but anyways I when I moved to Israel I like suddenly like had acne like I was break like my skin was crazy like I've never experienced anything like it and I didn't know if it was the climate or the water I like could not figure it out I was like I stopped eating dairy I stopped eating sugar I I only drank filtered water like I stopped washing my face with the sink water like I tried everything um and I could not figure out like the root cause because obviously there was something causing it stress like I don't know I could not figure it out finally I went to a dermatologist here and um he was super nice but like he talked to me for five minutes he didn't ask me anything about my medical history or any like literally anything he asked me when did you get your last period and why are you here basically and I was like because I have acne and I don't want to (laughs) like I don't know what's on my face (laughs) and um and he gave me this super intense like two cream like topical creams like that are super intense they like dried out my face like my skin was peeling off but like my but like everything went away in like 48 hours which is insane and like yeah I was happy because like I didn't I wanted clear skin but like first of all what was in that that it was doing that to my face and second of all like I still don't know why I have skin problems when I live here like I still don't know what caused it and that's Mm -hmm. kind of unsettling like your skin shows like visually what's happening inside your body that you can't see and so clearly like I still don't know what what caused that or like why it was an issue but I was a doctor gave me a solution but like it it was it's such a band-aid and like yeah that's like what the kind of frustrating that that's like the normal approach yeah like he should have done like you know blood work look at your hormones totally like I like really all of these things. yeah mm-hmm. and I just accepted it because you know like I'm busy and like I want my face to look good so I did it like I'm still trying to figure it out kind of on my own but like that's what a doctor should be helping you do you know and Mm -hmm. that just made me think of it because that is a total western approach and yes I'm thankful for the topical cream like I would like to keep it for needed it for in an emergency or whatever but there should also be that more traditional approach where you're figuring out what's going into your body that's affecting the way your skin looks like Mm -hmm like what else is at play here exactly and I think that's like so important because like maybe that and in this case like the medicine like worked out like for you in some ways but like sometimes like the be- 
complete like they won't ask enough questions and they'll completely prescribe something that like you don't even need so for example like yeah for a really long time since I was like 18 like I thought I was you know depressed and I thought that because I went to the doctor like my physician and I was like describing a few things and they're like all right sounds like depression um and then like gave me like you know Lexapro like SSRIs Mm -hmm. um and so that is and then you know I took them and I started feeling nothing and you know, I've been, like, struggling with, like, feeling certain, like, ways that were not, like, were negative and, and the, the medicine wasn't working. I just didn't know what to really do. And so we had a self-care episode and, like, those self-care practices, like, really helped. And then, like, you know, when I felt like I was going back into it, I went to therapy and I was talking to my therapist and just about myself and how I think. And she was like, you are not depressed. Like, you you suffered, you know, with, you know, other issues like anxiety and so on and so forth. And just, like, your practices and how you go about your days is more so what's affecting you. But you're not depressed because, you know, you have, like, this outlook on life. Like, the way you think is, like, very differently. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't – you not – it's not really aligning because she was asking me, like, in-depth questions over many sessions. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, like, this seems like more of the issue. So I was taking a drug for a, a, a problem that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. drugs for things they don't have because people are not spending enough time to think about what's going on and why and what would be the most perfect remedy for you I think that's Um, such a good point and also like not and not that people shouldn't take drugs and every situation yeah exactly like some you really need to take SSRIs like really you need to but like you should definitely not be taking a drug that you yes don't need like that's not good for your body and there's also like you don't want I have a close friend who got put on some really intense stuff when we were young and they ended up getting anxiety about the medicine, about like being like, I can never live my life without this now because they weren't also being given like mental health, like treatment, like through therapy and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. so we have, like, you have to be approaching like, your health like you need that sometimes you need like from the, like the a SS- root cause and from yeah like, a- like you need both the holistic yeah. the therapy and then the sometimes you need the prescription drug so you yeah. see how you need like that combination and then, again like misdiagnosis happen all the time like there's a documentary on netflix called take your pills i believe and it's about like adhd and adderall and like mm-hmm. everyone so many people are taking adderall that they don't even need you know for it's because yeah. maybe they actually have anxiety and they're just like not focused maybe it's not because they have adhd you like that's yeah. a problem not enough questions are asked not enough time is put in i also think part of that is that we're very like our society is very like one size fits all mm-hmm. and and that's just like not the case in any way when we teach kids when we go to the doctor when we work out how we eat like how we learn literally everything everyone is different and and we're we don't like give that individualized attention. We just apply the same solution like across the board. Um, And I think part of the reason that we're like that, I don't know, teachers and doctors can kind of get away from, get away with that approach is because we as individuals don't, aren't super connected to our bodies and our minds and our souls and our environments. And that sounds dramatic, but if like we are more in tune with ourselves, we know what we need and we don't really. So we just go to the doctor, get a prescription filled. We just go to school, get information filled into our brains and like it is what it is and status quo. And yeah. 
and we have to like think about how that those practices like the way we think in those ways like is negative in multiple ways and maybe not just medication but when it comes to like policy like when we make a policy we always do one size fits all and it just doesn't work it just Mm -hmm. doesn't and i say this from i've seen this like Brian Center, like I've seen this work. Like we have a beautiful policy. It sounds super, super nice. And then when you implement it, it just doesn't work because it works in one school because the school has these, you know, um, characteristics and, you know, um, resources or situation. But then you work at, at this school, it doesn't work at all because it's completely different. So it's like one size fits all doesn't work. What schools need to do or districts need to do is go through each individual school and ask them what is going on? What are your individual problems? What do you specifically need? Like doctors need to do. That's also what makes indigenous knowledge so beautiful is because it's so localized. It's about local communities like, and their approaches are for them. They're unique. They're like adapted to certain situations. And so that's part of what makes them effective and uh, like valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good place to end it off. Like when you're trying to find answers, you know, or, you know, trying to find solutions, don't look to the big picture. Look at to what's around you. Look at local, like look at your community. Like if you want to solve a problem in your community, ask your community. Don't ask the big academic don't ask joe biden you know confused don't know the answer yeah joe biden doesn't know what's going on you know yeah (laughs) ask your local school board you know your doctors like sit down and come in with like a list of questions advocate for yourself at the doctor exactly like they they don't don't have the time to it's not even their fault same with teachers exactly like look at different things like look at your doctors but also look at like different practices and like um and see if you can like merge both but then but that's also can be very dangerous because you want, want to mix you know some certain drugs actually don't interact well with herbal drugs so it's very yeah. important to like ask people who are extremely knowledgeable about this um don't just go on your own and do this um so that's a disclaimer but still okay. look around you you know look at the local people like just one perspective is not going to do it. You're that one influencer you like is not going to solve all your problems. It's Look true. everywhere it's for information. Exactly. One size does not fit all. And I think, like, the overall main point, I think, we always have more than one, even though we always think we're going to have one, yeah. is that indigenous knowledge, traditional knowledge, and approaches along with Western-based knowledge, modern approaches, can help us find and create, develop innovative solutions to global and societal problems, but also to our own health and individual problems, like Mm -hmm. from environmental uh, conservation and sustainability to medicine and, and like wellness and, and longevity um, to literally like our faith and our spirituality and the way we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, The benefit of the balance between Eastern and Western modern and traditional is, is important and valuable. Mm -hmm. And, um it's not either or it's not one size fits all and like we should be appreciating and utilizing both in in tandem with each other like exactly for everyone's benefit yeah like we're all valuable one is not better than the other know your worth know your worth exactly (laughs) love yourself love everyone be kind (laughs) seriously be kind like be nice everyone has something (laughs) special to offer you know just yeah humble yourself (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see y'all in two weeks. Yep. I'm and, gonna do washa. And I am going to go clean my apartment. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
Amazing. <laughs> Different types of self-care. <laughs> yes, see? Great. Oh, my God. Well, right. thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.